Brian Mudd Show is on News Radio 610 WIOT. I think it's a cutting edge thing. I think it's different. Just like 10 years ago when somebody would pay with a black Amex, I think like paying with Bitcoin or crypto is, is, a, is something new and different and eye-catching to where even the bartenders are taken aback. <laughs> no doubt. And we talked uh, earlier in the show about the Bitcoin 2022 conference underway at the Miami Beach Convention Center. And it is the epi- epicenter of the digital currency blockchain world. And exciting to see. We've got a lot that's exciting that's going on here. Speaking of which, uh, you might start hearing the promos. We just had one of them for the Radiothon with the Miami Rescue Mission Broward Outreach Center's Thanksgiving on Good Friday. Excited to say that after the past couple of years where we've held the Radiothon exclusively on air, going to be back out there a week from tomorrow on Good Friday. It was an awesome experience to do that a few years ago. Really looking forward to being on site at the Miami Rescue Mission again. My wife will be on hand. She volunteers with the mission. We're going to have the lovely and talented Claudia and our brand new producer, Stephen, as well. So anyway, um, really look forward to that day. And there is not a better cause than that you will find. Uh, they are life-changing uh, people and experiences at the Miami Rescue Mission. All right. Joining us, as always, this time. Former Lieutenant Governor Carlos Lopez Cantera, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Brian. Good morning. And to you, and to, is it too late to make Jeff Brandis the Senate President? Yes, it is. Make him the Senate President. All right. So here's the deal. It was my uh, top takeaway earlier in the show. Uh, so we do have State Senator Jeff Brandis, who has leaned on a provision in state law. And he's making an appeal right now to the existing Senate president, Wilton Simpson, running for ag commissioner, and also to the Speaker of the House in the state of Florida to convene a, a special session specifically on property insurance reform. And, Carlos, we talked about this. I was beside myself. We didn't get meaningful reform that passed in the regular session. I have been increasingly frustrated that it is not going to be part of the special session where the redistricting is is going to be taken up. Your thoughts about what Jeff Brandis is looking to do here? So what he's trying to do is he's trying to uh, take advantage of a provision in law that that says um, if you can get 20% of, of the legislature, which is 24 in the House, 8 in the Senate, to show interest in in the body convening a special session, then that triggers the Secretary of State polling the the entire legislature physically polling them and if three-fifths are in favor it triggers a special session and it's been tried before typically the the democrats have tried it as political stunts um and i it, it's it's not much more than that right at this point i don't expect that jeff will get uh the three-fifths uh, it shouldn't be difficult for him to get the 20%, but to get the three-fifths, which is, you know, a supermajority, basically, of both chambers to get on board uh, to call a property insurance special session, that's a that's a high hurdle. Now, you know, stranger things have happened. Uh, this is uh, an issue that is on the minds of, of a lot of Floridians, and every member of the legislature is up for is up on the ballot this year because of redistricting. Instead of having the staggered... Uh, uh, elections for senators, every senator is on the ballot because they have to run for their new district. 
So who knows what's going to happen? To the point of what you're talking about here, I mean, I, I don't know why it should be terribly difficult. I would think, if nothing else, is there not even bipartisan support on this issue if we get everybody focused on it? See, that's that's the key word there is focused. How do you get them focused on it? Um, I think there would be bipartisan support. Uh, but, you know, this is a heavily lobbied issue. You have obviously the insurance lobby on one side and you have the trial bar on the other side, two powerful interest groups in, in state government. And, uh, you know, getting them to agree is not easy. And that to me is the shame of it. I mean, is there a reason not to feel cynical that we have a crumbling property insurance market we're not getting meaningful reform done it's obviously that there has to be meaningful litigation reform in this state to create a sustainable environment along with some other ideas that you know jeff loosely kind of laid out yesterday in his appeal uh to try to get this this session convened uh, i mean a is this really a case to where, hey, we, we've got some people in the wrong places because they're bought and paid for by these lobbyists? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, you know, the, the trial bar has been successful in their strategy uh, for many years. They realize all they need to do is have one chamber on their side and nothing will happen. Or have one chamber be more sympathetic to their cause and nothing will happen. And they've been successful in their strategy, unfortunately. But we do need of meaningful litigation reform because that accounts for nearly a third of what every Floridian is paying in, in premiums. And it's also what's driving uh, the, the, inc- the, the large increases in premiums. I mean, Florida only has a, a less than 20% of the policies in the country, but we account for like 70-something percent of the litigation in the country for insurance. DeSantis has said that he would be willing to support it if the legislature got together on it, but he necessarily he hasn't necessarily taken that next step of saying, hey, we're, we're going to do this special. It's going to be about this. Guys, get focused here. We've already seen Charlie Crist now come out. He, just this week, he started coming out and talking about this particular issue. Do you think that could lie the fire under perhaps even the governor here? I, um, I don't think so. Uh, Charlie isn't pulling anywhere near uh, a level of threat to, to Governor DeSantis. And Charlie, you know, Charlie's never one to let a... a a good crisis go to waste for political purposes. I mean, we know that about him. He doesn't care about insurance. He doesn't care about what Floridians really need. He cares about getting to his next political office. That's just what Charlie does. Um, and I think people get that, which is another reason why it may not be taken seriously because he's, you know, just a political stunt artist. All right. Well, uh, switch of gears a little bit. And so we're t- talking about the appeal that was made to Senate President Wilton Simpson on this special session. He now has a primary challenger in the name of Chuck Nad, a veteran who has decided that he's going to take on Wilton, calling him a rhino. Notably, you while you have Jimmy Petronas and you have Ashley Moody that have backed Simpson for ad commissioner, you have DeSantis who has not. Is there any chance that Nad could nab a DeSantis endorsement here? Is there a chance? Yes. Uh, whether or not it actually materializes, that's a different story. I mean, I think it's it's shrewd, um, shrewd play on on the governor's part to keep that out there. At least keep Simpson guessing uh, with the the special session and the congressional district maps uh, on the agenda and, and potentially some other policy items on the agenda. So you know, shrewd tactics by the governor to to keep leverage over over the commission or over the Senate president. 
who wants to run for commissioner of agriculture and now is facing, will be facing a challenge from his right. Um, if I was Chuck Nat, I'd be talking about property insurance and see if he can get, get that to move the needle right now. Well noted. <laughs> we'll see about that. All right. And of course, um, you know, we had the clip at the onset about the, uh, the Bitcoin conference about Ford tech leadership. It, it is pretty mar- remarkable. I've talked about it throughout the course of this week, but over the past year, Florida has led the entire country in technology business growth, and we are second in new technology jobs. I mean, this really is the culmination of something that I know that you worked on as well all your years in state government. Yeah, this is a culmination of, of many years of efforts uh, from many leaders in this state to make Florida the most business-friendly state in the country, which uh, we consistently rank, I think, in the top three as far as business-friendly. We're in the top five as far as uh um, tax burden and and credit should go to also to Francis Suarez, the mayor of Miami, who has used his Billy pulpit to to um, to attract uh, a lot of these these tech startups and tech entrepreneurs to Florida. And you know he used the baked-in benefits that the state has provided with the with the taxes and the business-friendly environment, but he's used that in a, in a way to to benefit his city and, and the greater community. Cause Miami is, you know, Miami-Dade County is 2.7 million in population approximately. City of Miami is only 450,000 of that. So city of Miami is a small part of Miami-Dade County, but the overall community of Miami, greater Miami is benefiting from, from the efforts of the state leaders in the past and Francis Suarez and, and his, his stuff now. And of course, uh, speaking of state leaders of the past or former Lieutenant Governor Carlos Lopez Cantera. Pleasure, sir. Till next week. All right, Brian. Talk to you soon. Bye. Today's Q&A of the day. Are congressional investigations of Hunter Biden and COVID origins, are they of any use? And dive into that next here. The Brian Mudd Show, News Radio 610 WIA.